0: Like I opened up with that band. We opened up for Roy Orbison. Wow. At a at some place, some concert ballroom type place near Boston. And I remember we we played our our set and everything like that. And then we got off the stage, and Roy and the drummer and you know were waiting at the bottom of these steps behind the curtain, you know, and. and he had his black glasses and everything like that. And he said, uh, not set, boys. not set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, thanks, Roy. I mean, wow. You know? <laughs>
1: to another episode of Something in the Water. I'm Sean Clark, here with Dave Griffin, and we got our good buddy all the way from Cornwall, England, Ian Dunlop, finally here in the flesh. We've had an episode with you before. And great to be here, of course, again. <laughs> On the
2: phone, but uh, yeah, great to be in person this time. Now, how did you manage to get from Cornwall all the way over here? What? Why? Submarine. Why? Why, (laughs) how,
0: where, and when. Yeah. Uh, The broomstick I didn't use. (laughs) And it was, as usual, a long and excruciating trip that I would not recommend to anybody except young people. (laughs) And um, I came over here, of course, because I was... So, magnanimously and generously welcome to play again at the Waycross GP Guitar poll, which was this, this last weekend. Now, some of us have rested up and caught our breath from that event. Others haven't.
1: This <laughs> guy running the whole thing. Yep. It, again, yeah. Again,
0: it was a great event. Some great people performing, and I enjoyed my performance and uh, my Saturday night set. And um, I was, well, I, I actually have to thank Dave for uh, giving me a platform. Where I can do what I like to do and be myself, and so on.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, just to clear it up for y'all. Uh, you're we're recording on the uh, right the weekend, uh, the week following the guitar pull, which was October thirteenth, and you're watching this about a month later. So we're gonna still talk about it, though, and uh, and uh, yet yeah, you and I. First hooked up in 2007, I believe it was, on a little thing called MySpace on the mm-hmm. computer, and uh, you reached out to me because you'd seen uh, this going on, and uh, in Waycross, and you live in Cornwall, England, and uh, of course I knew who you were based on the history of Graham, you know. And uh, and we we talked back in two on MySpace, and finally it was decided. Man, would you like to come over next year and be a part of this? At least bring your artwork over and you know have at it. And let people meet you and everything. And uh, then it was decided somewhere along the line that you would also perform. And two thousand and eight. Yeah, and yeah, I remember Russia. you having a little bit of like. I don't know if it's been a long time, right, since you had performed.
0: Well, n- n- not not really. I mean, yeah. I, it's not like I've ever really gone completely dormant. Yeah. But I played, I switched a lot. I think probably just before uh, I got in touch with you or we got in touch with each other, I had been playing in a band <coughs> that was not, all that challenging, but the good thing about it was that I was in this band and we were playing, uh, you know, middle of the road type of um, gigs. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was playing sax, okay. and I liked it for that reason alone because I like, you know, I was relearning for maybe the second or third time how to play the sax again, <laughs> and that was that was fun. And I had started writing. Songs uh, just about just prior to that about when we first got in touch with each other, and then I came to the conclusion that you know I'm writing songs, original songs. I got these ideas and everything, but I can't deliver them with a saxophone in my mouth.
3: <laughs>
0: so I decided to. <laughs> Pop up and pop out the sax and start playing a, or play again, a a rhythm guitar where I could sing. And um, and that, you know, that's sort of a different layout. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I've always been doing one thing or another in music. How low I've sunk at times... I don't know if I really want to go into that. <laughs> but that's part of the deal sometimes, isn't it? Right? If you want to play <clears throat> and not just play in your living room or bedroom Ooh. or in on on in the kitchen or whatever. You know, well, if you're going to go out and play with play in front of people uh boy you have over the years we have witnessed, and visited some weird situations, definitely.
2: (laughs) Well, it's challenging. That's what it is. It's a challenge to uh, uh, start festival gigs, you know, as opposed to just a little uh, bar down the road or something. Mm. It's a different kind of feel, you know. Mm. Uh.
0: Well, it was a good one this last weekend. I mean, we're still uh, in the inf- under the influence of it in the in the aftermath of the <laughs> festival, and you know, there's going to be this funny time jump whenever this program goes out. When it's going to be quite a way
2: after the event, and you will probably be more awake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. In a month. Yeah, it was a fun time. We had a really good gathering of of uh, like-minded folks, very friendly. And uh, and uh, because we missed the last two years of Graham yeah. uh, Guitar Pool due to COVID, this was a real coming together, you know, and uh, yeah. th- a thankfulness out there of, of being able to do it once again. I hardly did anything during COVID. Yeah, you were, you were Yeah, stuck. I mean, we had,
0: uh, you know, in England, where mm-hmm. I live, even though I don't sound like it, but I'm, um, uh, it, you know, a lot of times. In fact, I, I played a gig on uh, September 25th, uh, outdoor, an outdoor concert type of thing with several different acts in a municipal park, and after the show some people came up and said oh we really enjoyed really enjoyed listening to you and I said well thanks a lot that's great and they said you're not English I, where did you get that where did you get that accent I said I went to drama school for years <laughs> to study that and learn that Um also, because I get fed up uh, with. Th- I've had that. If I had a nickel for every time somebody said, said that, that to me, yeah. oh, I can tell you're not uh, English. Are you Canadian or American? You know? Um, I'd be rich. If I had a, you know? So I get fed up with it and just make up any answers. Um, uh, I heard you but, making but, up some but answers. Prior out, right? to that, I hardly played. Almost for the whole two years, yeah. because the lockdowns were uh, pretty intense, yeah. and uh, lots of venues just like bam, locked the door, and you know, Kept it, it all just on it. it just all died to death. And yeah. so I I was playing, I was writing some songs and doing home recording, and uh, I. Put, finally put together a collection of songs that are on a CD, you know, that had been sitting on the shelf for too long.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and that Since was a lot sort of, of those my, were recorded here. The last a couple time of you the, were here.
0: A, the last couple mm-hmm. a, the last couple of songs on this were recorded here, mm-hmm. and um, and it. The studio and Justin, what an incredible job they did.
2: Justin Mercer, our our uh guru at the board during all uh, the podcasts, also turns this place into a recording studio at times, and uh, did so with the end the last time he was over here about two, 2019. and uh, yeah. We recorded some tracks, which is another aspect of your trip over here mm. that we all get off on. Is uh, not only do you play the festival, then we've got time after the festival that we can hunker down and 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 write some songs together, and hopefully record them yeah. as well. That's something that we all look forward to.
0: We've we've uh, uh, generally. I've written several songs, um, but it actually mounts up to dozens
1: <laughs> Yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, you definitely bring the <clears throat> creative force when you come to town. Uh, yeah, it's probably desperation. No, I mean it's... That I'm living uh,
0: like sort of in, um, uh, uh, um, you know, like exile, and it's so uh, great to be in touch with uh, people who are tapped into the, you know, American uh, root music,
1: you know. Well, I mean, when you're not here, I mean, creativity comes and goes, you know. But when you're coming, it's like I got to I gear up yeah, my mind. Yeah, we kind of rise to
2: the occasion. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. we'll Ian's coming to town. Yeah. Better get to- and you do usually bring in several ideas uh-huh. that you've already got. You've got a title or a verse uh-huh. or something, you know? Like well, uh, I, this one's I, about Jack Kerouac. I do know, have and, a couple. Yeah,
0: I do have I do have a couple of ideas with me. Yeah, yeah. so maybe uh, we better make a date.
2: Yep, we're <laughs> looking forward to wrapping our heads around some of some songwriting too. Um, see, so you were talking about. Uh, <clears throat> Shifting gears and uh, dropping the saxophone and picking the guitar back up again. Yeah, when you uh, first started coming over here. Um, beyond that, in the past, uh, uh, what what type of music did you play back then?
0: Well, i i uh, I started on the I started on the saxophone real uh um, you know a long time ago so late 50s i don't know maybe 58 50 something you know like mm. that i was maybe 13 or something like that and i somebody lent me a saxophone an alto sax and and i had a friend and uh, we were getting together, and he had a um, he had a, a, a um, F hole acoustic guitar, yeah. right? Um, you know what I'm talking about. And we were listening to records, and um, one of the we were playing a record on a you know a 45 with a big central hole in it mm-hmm. on the thing. And we were playing along with this record. And I can't remember what the band was, but, you know, uh, uh, in the 50s, there were loads and loads of instrumentals. Right. Uh, You know, just that uh, very... A big percentage of of pop music was like instrumentals, you Mm -hmm. know. Anyway, we were playing along with a song called Bullwhip Rock. (laughs) And basically it was like a lot of stuff from that era like that and we were playing along we figured out what key it was in and I was tooting away on the saxophone and everything like that and the record stopped it came to the end and we kept playing. we kept playing and it was like wow
1: we're alive wow this is what it's all about it's like when you're learning to ride a bike and you're exactly your dad lets go and the that seat. was
0: it and we we didn't know whether you know should i stop or should you stop or what's gonna happen <laughs> if we stop let's hope we can keep going with this At any rate that was the beginning of our band, <laughs> yeah. And and it was a little band, and we played. And then uh, another friend came along, uh, with and he wanted to join in, and he f- thought that he could play some sort of percussion in this. So what he got was um, off the bicycle grips <laughs> of like a tricycle or something like that. There was those rubber things that fit your hand. He got he got uh, one on each finger. Like that, and a bucket, (laughs) and he started playing (laughs) on the bucket
2: with with his bicycle handles.
0: (laughs) Okay, and that's how we started. Well, we even that was I named that band the Refugees, and we we uh, 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 went developed in a way. I got a, a, I actually got a better saxophone. My mom was. Was uh, always trying to encourage um, uh, the children, my siblings and I, to play music. Um, of course, her, she was more, you know, classical and semi-trained, and mm-hmm. could, you know, play, you know, and read complex mm-hmm. music and everything like that. And of course, we were doing, we were. Uh, well, particularly me and my buddies, we were into this just like it's off the top of your head, it's out of your heart, it don't, you know, it's simple, it's three chords. We don't chords. need no stinking yeah, theory. Exactly. We, but we, we went on, <clears throat> and my friend got a got an electric guitar, mm-hmm. and I think he built an amplifier <laughs> from sort of like Radio Shack kit or something like that, and, and a speaker cabinet, and the, the drummer got a, an actual old uh, a drum kit, and we kept playing. And then uh, by—I uh, think our first gig was in 1959. And we played, and we went on and on like that, um, the Refugees. Uh, in And we were in New England, Massachusetts, uh, you know— Boston general area like mm-hmm. that, and um, by the time we were in high school, we were playing lots and lots of like college gigs. Wow! Frat parties, fraternity houses, and yeah. and, uh, and and <clears throat> that area, the density of fraternities and universities and colleges up there, we were working like. Every weekend playing yeah, at college. a college, and we were high school kids, though, so. mm-hmm. yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I suppose some of the highlights of that band because we, you know, we didn't we weren't trying to get anywhere, we didn't know anything about getting anywhere, it was all just about getting up. I mean, for a long time, we didn't have a microphone, I just mm-hmm. sang loud. <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, 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 um, eventually we did, I guess, have some little tiny, like one amp with a with right. a mic going into it. You know, that was a pi. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, but like towards the end of that band, sixty three, like when I was a senior in high school. 63, 64, something like that, when I was uh, 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 first year at college, at art school, Mm -hmm. we played um, uh, some really memorable, privileged gigs. Like, I opened up with that band. We opened up for Roy Orbison. Wow. at At some place, some concert ballroom type place near Boston. And I remember we... We played our our set and everything like that. And then we got off the stage and Roy and the drummer and you know, were waiting at the bottom of these steps behind the curtain, you know, and, and he had his black glasses and everything like that. And he said, Uh not set, boys, not set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, thanks, Roy. I mean wow. You know. And I think um another time we opened up for The Sherrells at, at, uh, I think it was Brown University, Providence. Um, And then uh, later, uh, in 2010, I went down and played a festival uh, uh, in New Orleans called the Ponderosa Stomp. And it's a fantastic festival put together by a guy down there uh, it, 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 certainly annually, and but what he gets is all these people who are, a lot of them are you know they they they're known, but they but they're not huge you know. One of the people who played there that year was a guy called Red Simpson. You ever heard of him? I have. You have? Yeah. Well, is okay, uh, but he he wrote many many of the truck driving country songs mm-hmm. right and i and I was on a bus with a a a limo or a shuttle bus or something like that from the hotel where a lot of the performers was staying to the to the to the venue and the this guy red Simpson was on there he's quite an elderly man at the time and, and uh I went up to him I said red well, it's a privilege to meet you know uh this band I was in, we were playing a lot of your songs, and man, did we get kicked out of a lot of clubs in New York, <laughs> right? And uh, any rate, there were there were lots and lots of wonderful people playing at this point. Of the Russia Stump, and one of them was I was in a backstage green room, you know, having some uh, refreshments, mm-hmm. and somebody was talking to a woman, who, who and, and they mentioned her name. Well, you know, and I went up and I introduced myself, uh, um, and she was, her name was Lala Brooks. Now, she was in the Crystals, that girl group, Mm that Spectre, Phil Spectre Mm -hmm. girl group. And and I went over to her, and I said, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. You know, I was in a band, and we opened up for you, in uh, I think again it was Boston University or Brown or something like that on uh, on on a night when you were performing there on some big homecoming weekend or something like that and mm-hmm. she said you know I was just I was just fifteen then mm-hmm. and I had mm-hmm. to have a guardian <laughs> but it was a you know I mean n- looking back now. Mm-hmm. Like wow! Uh, of course, there really weren't um, the whole the whole music scene wasn't saturated with bands way back then. Mm-hmm. This is just around almost when Beatles emerged, right. you know. And so, you know, your chances of getting a a spot somewhere mm-hmm. were were a
2: lot better, <coughs> right? Yeah, that had to be uh, uh, just uh, fascinating. It's almost like in the infancy uh, of music that was going on, uh, brought on by the the uh, genesis of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And by that, by by sixty three and sixty two and sixty three, rock and roll was considered to be dead. You know, by the yeah. powers that be and everything. They thought they had killed it off. Yeah. Buddy Holly was, uh, had died in a plane crash. Elvis had been shipped off to Germany. Yeah. Jerry Lee had screwed up by marrying his cousin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who else was left? I think they were the three. And so they just figured. And what replaced all that was, uh, uh, these vanilla and Frankie Avalon and uh, ma- right? monosyllabic. <laughs> yeah, and even uh,
0: Pat Boone had yeah. bigger hits covering uh, Fat Stoner uh,
2: records and
0: stuff like that, you know. I mean, it was right after <laughs> of what soul. I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, with it's like soon after that, like having opened up for Roy Orbis and everything, you know, maybe six months later is when I met when I met Graham, mm-hmm. in uh, 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 Cambridge,
2: and uh, you know, and then that was another <coughs> another shift again, yeah. that yielded the international submarine band, which Ian was the bass player, and uh, that's another part of history. You write about a lot of that in that book down there. Uh, well not so much. Does it, it, it is historical.
0: Let's, let's see if we can pick it up from the floor. Doesn't that
2: start right around the the beginning of y'all's Yeah, meeting? yeah, yeah. It yeah. it
0: it uh, it covers well Breakfast it was it was just covering that period really mm-hmm. of my involvement with 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 Graham and um, how things developed. And everything. I mean, one of the first things that happened to me was that right around that period, my lovely instrument, the saxophone, became like like cholera. Mm-hmm. It's like the saxophone just like that, you know. And that's when I uh, uh, decided that I had better switch over to something else and I started playing the the bass guitar mm-hmm. um I rented a from a music shop I rented a I think it was a Dan Electro or something like that to sort of get to try to get a hold on it but it was this whole shift mm-hmm. complete shift you know that was really the end of Johnny and the Hurricanes and that type of music
2: <laughs> That was uh that book is called Breakfast in Nudie Suits. Oh, yeah. N-U-D-I-E nudie. Yep. Yeah. Famed uh
0: Yeah, you know, I mean Taylor. It's, it's it's about it's about that and it's about and it is um a first hand account of you know, what we did and what we were trying to do what Graham's, you know, his sort of uh, steps towards country and, you know, how we drifted in that direction and how difficult it was and, and uh, what um, the opposition was like. Mm-hmm. Um, opposition, I mean, by the uh, predominant, uh, uh, you know, taste of the time, uh, which was not roots right. in
2: Americana and country.
0: No way.
2: Ho say. Even though the Beatles injected uh, uh, Act Naturally, the song that uh, Buck Owens did. Yeah, they injected that into, and they injected. They were they were big fans of country music. You know, they grew up listening to a lot of American country artists, Uh, as as well as the Motown and the uh, R and B. I think a lot of people did,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but a lot
0: of people were pretty shy about admitting it. Yeah, because it had a connotation that was the wrong. The wrong thing, you know, country, because uh, it, cool. it was like rock and you roll know, was cool, R and B that was more happening, you know. Uh-huh.
2: Here's a picture of uh, Ian with the International Submarine Band. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Well, it's uh. Um, there, there, we go. There's no, was, uh Graham on the left, Ian next to him with the bass. That's uh, Mickey, Ga- Mickey Garvin, Garvin, yeah. and John Deweese on the right. That's oh. right. So that was probably about sixty-five, I guess. Uh, it picture. was. Um,
0: that was. Uh, uh, that was early sixty-six. Sixty-six. When we actually got a record deal with Columbia
2: Records. Mm -hmm. Looks like y'all are in a studio. Mm -hmm. Looks like you're inside a studio. We were in a big studio, Studio B,
0: uh, um, New York, Columbia Records, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it's very stiff. I mean, we look all happy right there, but. It wasn't all that wonderful. Uh, the um, they were actually um, the people in the studio were actually wearing ankle length white coats, like like in <laughs> a science coast. lab. Right? <laughs> Why? Wow. And anyway, Dimensions. and and they were like um, you know looking at the. Uh, control panel and saying, oh, no, 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 can't you make, play quieter than that, please? <laughs> Keep it down. Yeah. Oh, that almost went into the red. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so, you know, uh, uh, after so many of, of those, you know, it tends to squelch, it tends to crush and stop you and mm-hmm. make you get mo- more withdrawn. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, but there was one, um, at that session, uh, there was, uh, there was like a, a song that people thought were really promising, that was promising, of, of like (coughs) a, a rock type, you know, pop rock type of song that was going to be released as a A side and everything, but it, 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 um. It was a sort of an odd mix of uh, rhythms and stuff like that At any rate it strangely enough the B side of it actually got picked up by a few DJs they just started playing the B side and and that was that song one day week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we opened our set with uh, last weekend mm-hmm a good little innocent up tempo. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Country rocker type of feeling, mm-hmm. you
2: know. Yeah, man.
1: The name of the uh, bullwhip rock. Bullwhip rock. I looked it up. It's the Cyclones. It, the Cyclones. Yeah, <laughs> that is
0: what I. They were.
1: Perfect Yeah, I was just going to throw found that out You that, I see Yeah, I just
2: Googled Wow <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, folks, y'all can pick up that, that uh, book, Breakfast in Nudie Suits by Ian Dunlop there You, you go. can pick it up online and uh, shop at Amazon, wherever and it's very interesting read. I mean, from a man who was right there in the makings of uh, of uh, Americana, you know, country rock or whatever you call it, uh, back in the late sixties and early seventies, yeah, there's and,
0: it, a lot of it's also about. America America in general at the time right. that, that's what it turned into eventually it, it mm-hmm. sort of turned into that because it turns into a a transcontinental road trip going yeah. across America and meeting people and stopping mm-hmm. here and there and stuff like that and also a lot of stuff about there's a lot of uh, uh, you know Hollywood people in it mm-hmm. Um who uh you know because we were living in when we were out in LA we were living in at in Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. which was you know has become more famous now as um the breeding ground a, 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 you know a, a place a crucible or whatever mm-hmm. of music creativity
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah, and the end of the book kind of uh, has you uh, just getting the heck out of the craziness and smog and all that comes with Hollywood and driving cross-country back home. Uh, so what happened after that? Well, the thing
0: about... Driving back home is an illusion because when you leave home, home in back of you, where you've left it, it goes <laughs> and evaporates and you can't ever really go home again, can you? Because
3: that's that's
0: home saying. is the past. You know, home is a place in the past. And a lot of things about that security um, uh, uh, of the past, and boy, those were the days, and boy, that's what we need again. We need our society to be like it was in the past and everything. No, it's gone there's no way around it. I um I might play a song later on my guitar that um sort of illustrates some of that about uh about the past and everything like that. But uh we might we'll see second half maybe okay. So this will keep you glued to your screens. Right, come back for the second half, and uh, I actually at that time. That you know, you mentioned that I actually had an opportunity to go and uh, um, uh, visit England uh, where my parents were from, and uh, I mean, actually, I was from Mm -hmm. as uh, an infant, I, I was actually born in England, and my parents. Left England and, and came to America, um, and, uh, um, and and I and I I went there, and I left LA and I left America eventually, because a lot of people don't quite um, remember that their... what what everybody thinks of about the 60s and the late 60s, uh, is like Monterey, mm-hmm. peace and love. Yeah, groovy, baby. <laughs> you know, that was, that. you know, that's the 60s. But no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was assassinations. It was Black Panthers. It was like fires, cities burning down. It was like... Um, Sort of urban hippies being afraid to go into the country, mm-hmm. the rural America. You know, it was strife and stress and everything. And actually, I I went. So I went to England, and I was really sort of relieved to get away from all of that yeah. stuff. And I uh, um, I um, went. There, and I went and I enrolled in a, a real small uh, art school, a uh, very small painting, and, um, and stayed there. Uh, and, well, I, and then I stayed there. A bit longer, and then I stayed there a bit too long. <laughs> and it was just one of those choices I made. A way, I made this choice that was uh, under the influence of youth and romance—two mm. very dangerous substances to
2: mix. <laughs> who, who was she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you you already was into art though before you went to art school, right? Uh,
0: well, I went to art school in uh, after high school, okay. like college yeah. sort of level. You just came to and a very exciting on, huh? a very, very exciting art uh, institution called Rhode Island School of Design. Uh, quite uh, renowned institution, mm-hmm. and it was full of wow. Mm. The people there, oh, and, and I, I was, I was, uh, I was pretty much a, a, you know, sort of country boy compared to them. Uh-huh. You know, most of them were from uh, New York and. <clears throat> Connecticut and some of them were already seeing therapists and uh, you know I mean they were a whole different world for me I was like a small town high school kid you know Uh, um, uh, you know listening to the Beast Boys and uh, they were all real sophisticated people but a lot of real terrific creativity happening there as well. It was, uh, yeah, made a big impact on me. Yeah.
1: I love your art. I've got several pieces, prints. It's very original. Yeah. Very original. And, uh, you sold quite a bit out at the festival this weekend or a lot of people came up and was,
0: yeah, we, we, uh, We um, showed some artwork and sold quite a bit of artwork to people at giveaway prices. (laughs) You know, cheap. That's way cross prices. But the thing about it, I mean, actually, this is good that happened. Uh, A a little while ago, I got in touch uh, with um, the country... uh, Country Music uh, Hall of Fame and Museum in Nashville Mm -hmm. and it's a fantastic institution absolutely wonderful the shows they put on there the detail, the background all of the uh, specialists working in the other room behind the scenes like restoring costumes and instruments and cataloging records and tapes it's an amazing thing it's sort of like the Smithsonian of country music. Mm-hmm. you know, It's unbelievable, any rate. So I I've been in, I was in talking to them, uh, one of the directors on the phone with him a few times, and I said, listen, I got some stuff that would be really suitable because they, they've got an exhibit right now called the western edge mm-hmm. and it's uh it's about focusing on the formative years of country rock in la right so of course that's in all of the early country rock bands and the submarine band and the burritos and the whole, all of that and gram you know uh and i said i've got some things here that I think he'd be very interested. I and uh, if uh, I sent him some pictures, and he said, "Wow, I love those." So I sent him a couple of things for the exhibit, uh, and they're they're in the exhibit now. In fact, now I've decided that I'm going to give it, give them these objects to them, donate them permanently, like. Don't send them back, okay? <laughs> I don't want them back. When Eventually you get, at my age, you get like, you've got too much stuff. <laughs> and if you can get things into a place where they're going to be looked after mm-hmm. and respected mm-hmm. and other people are going to see them and stuff like that, great. That's a good thing. That's where it's yeah. going to go. Now I've also donated to them to the country music Hall of Fame and museum uh several of my artworks, like original first ones you know um and um uh you know they're they're all sort of relative to that period and Graham and everything like that you know mm-hmm. and uh i I said well you know uh, They might be interesting for somebody who's doing research one day in the future. We don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Or they might do a show in the future of like, um, you know, Southeast songwriters or, you know, alternative country songwriters or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they might be pertinent to an exhibit like that. So uh, I I uh, sent them several of my artworks uh, last week, and great. They're going to a wonderful home. Mm-hmm. What could be better than that?
1: That's great, man. Yeah. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. They've come to where they should have been. You know, finally.
1: Yeah. So- Another thing you sent, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but uh, the acetate? About the, uh, well, that's one of the items I
0: donated. Mm -hmm. It was an acetate, which used to be a method of if the producer or the artist wanted to get a... an idea of, you know, a a recording of what happened at the session they just did. Mm -hmm. They would knock out an acetate and the acetate was cut just like way back, like in the 30s or 40s with a, a, you know, a needle like Mm -hmm. like scraping a groove on a plain piece of uh, vinyl, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just like, and that's what, Cutting a disc
2: means. Direct from
0: you direct. From absolutely direct. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no it's no pressing mm, like that. Mm, a mold like mm. the way vinyl's printed. And, and you could so say at home and listen to it. It's a, exactly. And and they probably wouldn't play many times. Right. Uh uh and then um uh and also there might only be one or two in the whole world.
3: Yeah. Very so rare. it was
0: a very, very rare thing, and it was an acetate of luxury liner. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. From uh, s- further on in 1967 from the LHI Lee uh, uh sessions Ooh. in L.A., yeah, and and you know it was in my attic. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's a safe enough place, but who's up in my attic? Spiders, mice, <laughs> yeah. bats. I have bats up in my attic sometimes. <laughs> you know, they don't listen to it. <laughs> they don't know how to run a turntable, do they? <laughs> so I just thought, what? I mean, come on. Uh, and and. Send it to them, but then it was only l- last week here, like, or I you don't know, just very recently that I decided I don't want them back. I want those. I want them to keep them in Nashville. The other thing was that I that I gave to them was um, uh, a, a sort of graphics. It was like a sketch, uh, for the title, work. Um, that I did for the International Submarine Band, Lee Hazelwood LP, Safe at Home. Mm-hmm. So there, that there was the original trial sketch for that. Who which did, I
2: gave them. Who did the actual picture, uh, portrait on the front? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody. I know. Confused when you say, yeah, Ian Dunlop. Did the art oh, Yeah, I
0: only did that sort of cartoony titling. Title piece. Yeah, international
2: yeah. submarine band uh, text across the top. But you can mm. see it's filled in with the your your, your style that still exists today. I yeah. think you even had it way I, back then. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I yeah. I think
0: yeah, and you there still you still had go. that original
1: art that you see. Yeah. Wow. Well.
0: Yeah, so that's the that's the one.
2: Yeah. And uh, of course, everybody knows the story of y'all. You know, the band name you got the five bucks. Talking about uh, the uh, <laughs> talking about the uh, episode um, of our gang, um, <laughs> or the you young know rascals, little rascals. Um,
0: you know, uh, on an, uh, this is a similar subject, but this last weekend. Uh, somebody came up to me with a vinyl 12 inch uh, of my solo uh Ian and the Muscle Tones LP <laughs> for me to sign
2: wow damn
0: i thought where did you ever find that because there were, that was pretty small pressing yeah you know
2: 80s from nineteen
0: eighties? oh who who was that actually it was uh, uh, a musician one of the people who performed at the festival David cry he oh, yeah, yeah. found it okay. somewhere like uh, some record collector's place or something like that and uh you know and he wanted me to sign it and I that? did That's um, cool. and that one was uh, uh, um, <clears throat> a project that I did. I don't know if we're departing too much from the train of thought, are we here or not? No, we're, no, just, we're, not. Just, we're just moving going, in a okay. and that one was like linear I direction. Got an an offer in uh, right right at the end of the seventies to uh, do a a, a a recording project from a um, an indie company based in Milan, Italy, right. And it was a strange label. They had some weird people on this label. Uh, I know Peter Rowan Mm. was on the label. Cool. I think Barry Melton. He's Country Joe. Oh. Okay. Oh, really? Right, Country Joe and the Fish? fish, Yeah. Well, I think his real name was Barry Melton. I think he was on that label. Me, another couple of people. (laughs) You know, they got a they had a weird (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, um, uh, incoming in that one. Anyway, and, uh, 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 and we did, it was pretty interesting. We we do have a track here of that. Would let's, you like to hear one thing from it? Let's yeah. hear it. Let's it. And, and it, it was like something like, you know, I had been, I had, in the most of the 70s, I, I really dropped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh 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 and i didn't i don't know much about 70s music at all and at the end of the 70s i got quite excited by what was going on in the uk in england because it was lots of indie mm-hmm. and lots of bizarre stuff that was sort of post punk mm-hmm. and a lot of very interesting record labels that were doing very, you know, not groundbreaking, but very different stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, It was sort of the opposite of maybe L.A. And uh, (coughs) um, anyway, so I was sort of influenced by what
2: was going on in in, uh, Britain at the time. (laughs) Cool. And this is Ian and the Muscle Tone. uh, That's it. From the early 80s.
4: Well, there's a state line, you know where to live. A red line, so you won't over it. A borderline, if you want to come across. A hotline, talk to the boss A Mason-Dixon line, before the yank Reception line, when you gotta say thank you A punchline, when you try to make a joke
2: Standing in the breadline You on lead vocals? Yeah.
0: Okay. You Remember get the right. idea. No, no. I want to hear it, it, some it, more. No, no, no. Come on. Come on. Come on.
2: Please.
0: You can. You can. I'll give you a copy. You can play it later. Okay. Um. But you know, it it, it it's just like um gives you an idea about like. So I wrote everything, and I I had a pretty good band at the time, and um uh uh um um and uh. I, I had thought really about like, you have a lot of guests on this uh, uh, podcast, and usually they are quite full of their achievements <laughs> and what they've gotten done and how far they've climbed up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really, my thing should be like, um, listen to me, folks. <laughs> The person who's taken every wrong step (laughs) and done everything wrong okay so that was a great project and it, it, it excited me and everything like that and um uh and after it was released and everything like that it was a very small company it's a problem yeah. But you know, I had the chance to record and, and they you know paid for the recordings and everything mm-hmm. like that. And we, we did a few gigs in, in Britain, a couple of little television shows and stuff like that. And anyway, but then it got picked up by this guy because the whole broadcasting thing in England is very, very different. It's very, very government controlled. And and it's got this major one big network, BBC, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's subsidized and it, you know, and it's national. Small country, but national. <laughs> anyway. But the main guy at the time in the seventies and eighties and was this guy called John Peel. And John yeah. Peel was set the standard of what was hip and he broke people introduced onto the airwaves he was the first guy I think ever to play Bowie he was mm. the first guy to play mark Boland mm-hmm. and then later on he and and then all of uh, various punk loads of punk acts and things like that and then um, other people like, probably like the Smiths. I mean, he was singularly responsible for the Smiths making it and stuff. At any rate, John Peel started playing my record. Wow. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because, you know, I didn't fit within that mold or anything like that. But, um, so, it turns out, this is the main outlet. His night show, probably ten to twelve, five nights a week or something. The John Peel show, and he was so laid back and eccentric and weird, and uh, uh, and played just you know disturbing music and good music and unusual music, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, uh you know, so he was playing my that that was, this this LP, and it turns out that the parent company uh had found these little tiny distribution places. And I think in Britain it was this this one little company called Projection Records. And they I don't know if they were specialists in folk. And so Uh, this this label, Appaloosa, that I was on, they had sent 10 copies. That was it. 10. Wow. Mm. For the whole of the country, (laughs) (laughs) 10 copies. Wow. Same thing. In America, they, I think, Rounder distributed them. Rounder got sent 10 copies. (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) So... You know, it was just like... So does David Cry have one of the 10? Well, that came to you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh At any rate, it was
0: just like, you know, if I get... What what would what my royalties been? 10%? Yeah. 15? Limited. Something like that. So you could have th- really made it...
1: Um, you could have really had something there if you're... If, yeah. the, if the record label would fifty
0: percent of the sale of
2: ten LPs, yeah, if that are pushed it, had uh, pushed yeah. it with John with
1: John Peel playing it,
0: and then yeah, nah. any rate, that's the breaks. Yeah, that's what happens sometimes. And
2: uh, uh... <laughs> 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 what well, say uh we get you hooked up to a, a guitar and and come back and you play us an original. Well, A classic we'll, we'll Ian do, Dunlop right? original. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back, folks, with some more Ian Dunlop.
4: Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins gonna find its way. Something in the water taught me how to.
2: Well, we're back with our guest Ian Dunlop and uh, guitar. He's going to play us. Uh, what you going? What? 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 What are you going to play us? Well,
0: I was going to pick up on one of our um, themes that we had crossed over in discussion you know rhetorical and philosophical subjects that we've touched on mm-hmm. because how can we go through life without touching on those things how can we not make you know it's like you know what am <coughs> searching for meaning and one of them was um that we talked about in the first half was about um the past Ooh. and the past is really gone, and people want to revisit it, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. Because the past is, what a place, uh, maybe way in the future, if there is a future, like that would be the number one holiday destination. The past. If you could go to the travel <laughs> agent and say... I want to be... I Well, my wife and I, we're thinking about... We'd really like to go and visit 1956. <laughs> wow, would it be popular. Now, there are, of course, um, God love you Americans, but um, there's always been over the years... I mean, it, pretty much there was a whole lot of it when I lived in L.A. of... of um, UFO, flying saucer, um, mythology, mm-hmm. and, and uh, fanatics and everything like that about um, people. Oh, they're out there, up there. And yeah, one took mm-hmm. off the other day from out in back of that orange grove out in Pasadena. You know, mm-hmm. they're all over the place. And sometimes I thought maybe it is the future. And maybe it also is those tourists mm-hmm. from the future. Coming back. Oh, I've heard about L.A. in the 60s. Yeah. Can we go there? <laughs> oh, yeah, Well, we got a special package deal. Let's go in there next week on our time-traveling spaceship, you know? <laughs> right, right, So that could be an explanation to
2: UFOs. And they get, the out, future. they get out and actually walk around amongst us, right? Well, I can't. I can't tell about the thing. So anyway,
0: this is a song that I wrote about um the one the uh the golden thing. See, we everyone remembers the it's the the golden memories of the past. It isn't the bad stuff, no, you it's, know. It's good. Uh, uh, you know, like in um oh, man, cars were so great. Those 50s cars weren't they absolutely, you know, beautiful? And man, that's when Detroit knew what it was doing and everything like that. Of course, what, what people forget is in the, in the mid-50s to the later 50s, the actual death toll on American roads was over 50,000 fatalities a year. Oh, wow. There were no seatbelts. Yeah. So organ transplants... No problem. Of course they didn't have they probably weren't so good at that technology, technology in those yeah. days. When they had all of those bodies strewn <laughs> all over the place, they, they you know, the liver transplant and the heart surgery and everything like that was still in the future. <laughs> now we got airbags, we got double seatbelt crossing, everything like that. You can't Nobody, get, you know you can't so there's a, a shortage, you have to they have to Pilfer organs from Bangladesh, and well, that dude didn't die in that. <laughs> right, so Aww. that brings me to my next song, um, and this is a song that I wrote, and it was you know, um, you know, sort of my memories in a way, but you know, it's sort of generic about uh, looking back on you know the, the, the. I'm prejudiced because of my age and everything like that at the fifties. And they were a wonderful thing. It was that terrific American post-war period of just unbridled growth and prosperity and all of those factories that were making tanks and howitzers and military equipment all switched over to making TVs Mm -hmm. and cheap freezers and like all of the... uh, consumer products and everything mm-hmm. in America was so cheap compared to the rest of the world standard and the 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 wage earnings and the high standard of living and everything like that and there was a president that everybody could trust <laughs> general eisenhower <laughs> That was the era. That was the golden era. Um, Even though Nixon was kicking around in the backyard, you know, Mm -hmm. the office or something like that, it was still Ike, good old reliable General Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. And the only problem was his missus was a bit of a dipsy. (laughs) and he played too much golf but otherwise straight up you couldn't ask for a better person ever so and of course i was a child i actually saw eisenhower in 52 and our little elementary school class got marched downtown to look at ike who was coming on a train (laughs) <laughs> and standing on that back platform yeah, back of a train, platform, yeah. and he stopped on a bridge over the town center, or, you know, by the, this little town center, and made a speech. Of course, I don't think there was any PA, but you could see a guy in a big double-breasted overcoat, thick and everything, with a bald head. Hey, that's him. <laughs> I and it was so exciting. Yeah. Any rate, so the 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 campaign <laughs> slogan was. Um, I like Ike. I like Ike, and I thought, yeah. Been watching television, don't want no communism. The easy money's dead, I'm better off in bed. Wave a banner, carry a torch. Rock and roll, we've got a divorce. The past is gross, but the future's looking grim. In God we trust. I better vote for him. I like I. (laughs) <laughs> That's a little bit. That's just a taste of it. And uh, I haven't played that in years, but it was on the subject. Um, and um, the other verses go on to talk about things like, um, uh, 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 you know, who the hell's this Ayatollah guy? <laughs> we would never had to worry about we never had to worry about smog and pollution. Mm-hmm. Never heard about no social revolution. <laughs> All the ladies knew their place. <laughs> at any rate, it was, you know, a cynical yeah. look at that mm-hmm. period. Now, okay, this is what went wrong. I got a pretty good recording of that. It's just like has that slightly post-punk feel. I recorded it in 80 maybe. 1980, and uh, I sent a few copies out to people. One of the few contacts I had in America was uh, a guy in Nashville. I sent him a, a copy of the record, a single. And, uh, the idea was pretty good, pretty catchy, novelty type of thing about it, you know. And I got a telegram from this guy. Thank you for that record. Call me collect immediately. And it was signed John Lomax, the third. Wow. Uh, the Look. grandson or or son of John Lomax.
2: The field recording. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who was a Nashville producer, mm. who uh, was the first person to sign Steve Earle. Wow. At the time, though, 1980, I had um, uh, the, well, we had to do the school run. And the children had to get to school. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I had a life. Your personal life. I had a wife. Geeking. I had all of that stuff. I couldn't go flitting off to no Nashville. Mm hmm anyway right. <laughs> so I never answered the I never oh. answered that call oh. well there we are I told you this was a <laughs> lesson about not what not to do in life uh, I don't think about that's... do you answer the call or don't well, you when you're, are you uh... able to answer the call sometimes what if you sometimes had... our lives are just yeah. you know
2: but what if you had at least called him and he's And told him all that, and he he could have suggested an alternative.
0: When they (laughs) open up that tourism to 1980, I'll go back, and I'll take your advice. (laughs) Call up John
2: Lomax. Ticket to 1980,
0: please. Oh, well. Now, I I wanted to do a song here, but I have a little bit of tuning tuning problems. It's Uh, called South Georgia Humanity. and, and, again, I'm going to do another. Yeah, so this is another. Is it a novelty song? Is it the truth? Who knows? <laughs> and it's a song that I wrote in, um, in Waycross on one trip to America. And I, and I was amazed at um, how I was with some friends and we were discussing something and they said, um, I said, yeah, I know the population of Florida is huge now. It, I know it's at least 17 or million, maybe 20 million now. I remember when it, when it hit 17 million, that was several years ago. Oh well, when we get home we'll google it. <laughs> right? And then there was something else about like uh talking about something else and and well, we'll google that when we get home. And I just realized how much nobody um had a memory anymore and we're just going to google everything. Google. Yeah. The unknown can turn to a tempest As we choose between wrong and what's right I have seen a new sight to make my request And the truth comes in radiant light I believe in the power of Google And my faith
2: will never be tried When questions in life cause me such strife
0: The answer comes down from on high Earthly life is fraught with confusion And I don't know the day of the week There is only one way to salvation And the blessed assurance I see I believe In the power Of And my faith Will never Be tried When questions In life Cause me Such strife the comes down from on high Why questions in life Calls me such strife The answer comes down from on
3: high
2: Yeah. That was uh, that was my best Calvary Baptist Church. Well, thank you, choir voice. <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, we talked about that in the writing of that song. We compared our our uh, childhood beginnings in church services too. You know, and they were they were very similar.
0: Well, I think, um, uh, uh, well, you know. I mean that's the thing again about the past yeah. that we that many of us share, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that and there and there is that uh, common denominator mm-hmm. uh, with the with the church background. No matter what faith or denomination or weirdness uh, they are, I had a very extremely weird. <laughs> <laughs> Faith background, yeah. What uh, was it? David Koresh and I were in, of the same uh, 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 church.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Uh, I think you I've don't heard know who David did. Koresh. That's is. Waco. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Waco guy.
1: Yeah, that's now, right. What was that? Uh,
0: de- well, aren't was- I a perfect example of how
2: things can turn for the good <laughs> compared to him? Yeah, y'all yeah. were like, y'all were like uh, Pancho and Lefty, yeah. Yin and Yang.
0: <laughs> now, also, uh, that's another thing <clears throat> that that Graham and I shared uh, very the, much the, of having. The, um, the, uh, uh, uh indoctrination just... or being brought up within mm-hmm. the christian faith and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 bible belting I mean or <laughs> bible punching I don't <clears throat> know what's the right word I forget Episcopal. but you know yes, uh, being a... uh, being you know inculcated with old time religion mm-hmm. and um uh, uh and it 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 has a way of of um Meeting um, within music and all of that stuff makes a lot more sense. And we felt that when we sang uh, um, gospel-influenced country stuff in the Submarine Band, that we we had a footing on you know on 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 that little platform <laughs> to understand it and and uh, and mm-hmm. and do it properly. Yeah uh you know i mean we both had in our childhood little black bibles yeah. with our names lettered on on the That's front right. cover That's right, right. Yep. you did mm-hmm. too I oh did yeah. T- yes, oh yeah we all did yeah. you know um now we you know and it's just part of of what we are whether we're backsliders or deniers or that don't man it doesn't make any difference you know yeah. We were all exposed to it, and it's in it's in there. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to – it's never
2: done a, me a lot of harm. I use a lot of religious or biblical reference yeah. in songwriting. Not every song, but occasionally, you know, there'll be uh, just devil and uh, mm-hmm. the sin and the uh, – just references, you know, but. Come straight out of what I grew up with, you know? The, yeah. Uh, Baptist. And Graham was Episcopal. And uh, then whatever yours was, was. Uh,
1: whatever cult you were in. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, they all are. What was it? They all tend to sense, uh, mirror cults. Mm-hmm. Really, they do. Uh, some of them are a lot further out than others, but they. <laughs> You know, there's that feeling. Yeah,
0: and yeah. and 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 progressively getting further out
2: mm-hmm. because there's uh,
0: they're the getting way, so far
2: out now that there's, there's rain raining them back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you of can't do that it, to little boys and the, girls. <laughs> it is because
0: of the uh, founding fathers in America um, uh, 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 made a um, uh, you know an adamant. I don't know if it's in the Constitution or something I don't, I don't really know but 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 ab- about the secularization of about the church and state much must be independent and separate mm-hmm. where many, many 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 other countries like even uh, uh, quite an irreligious country like Britain where the the percentage of people are actually churchgoers is like tiny um the uh, Anglican, church is still the official uh, uh uh the you know like the new king mm-hmm. uh, the late Elizabeth was the head of the <clears throat> Anglican Church mm-hmm. it, it was bound up state and church still together not a
2: separation there. yeah
0: and and um because they're totally separate here uh a lot of those sheep have
2: Jumped out of the fold, haven't they? You got some right-wing uh, politicians actually advocating for. D- yeah, they're this trying. They're trying to bring it back state. together. And, yeah. Well, they're they yeah. they're, oh. they're, they're, they're such uh, prayer, prayer, dumbasses. Physical. Right, they're such illiterates. Yeah, and uh, not yeah. well read at all. They're actually saying that's the way it was supposed to be. In the Constitution or in the original forming of this no, country. No, but they... They didn't read their history right. All those guys,
0: all Thomas Jefferson and all that bunch were adamant yeah. about their definite
2: they, they keep big them
0: apart. concrete wall yeah. between them, uh, you know? Um, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question, Dave. Now, um now you're uh had uh, uh, a cessation of the because of covid of course of the guitar pull right and um
2: uh, that was probably hard on you yeah. i mean it was it, it, <laughs> it was a break it was it was uh, uh difficult not doing something that you counted on doing you know every year for the past 20 something years but at the same time, you realize that there's nothing you can do about it. But we actually did the virtual, you know, where we accepted videos oh, from, yeah, of from our entertainers. And we sat right here, me and Sean and Justin, yeah. and put it on, you know, had a virtual yeah. guitar pool. And then we had to do it in 2021 as well yeah. due to COVID. But uh eh. It was, it it was, was a just, good effort. It was it's just an effort. acceptance. It, it,
0: it doesn't quite
2: no. satisfy no. the parts that other festivals can't reach. Yeah. And uh, given this weekend was our first time back in two years, or since 2019, it felt extra good. Yeah, it did. It did feel yeah, extra I good. Talk. I think
0: the uh, if you had a... Uh, a satisfaction quotient test on attendees of this weekend's event, I would have thought the ratings would be way they up were, towards yeah. the top.
2: Yeah. All, all, it was uh,
0: worth the trip. I'm glad I bought the ticket. I'm glad it, I traveled. Blah, 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 all well, you that. put yeah.
2: on an excellent show, and uh, which I always had faith you would. Uh and uh, from the other artists who performed, they were they were very emotional about it, too, of getting back together yeah. for the first time in three years. And, yeah. And uh, met a lot of people out there who came for the first time. And uh, some of those, you know, it's our first time. And we'll be back and bringing more, you know. Well, that's so,
0: good, isn't it? Yeah, that's a
2: good, good feeling as well.
0: And and um and now, are, are you being lobbied by, uh, artists who are looking for a 2023 spot?
2: <laughs> well, that's another, uh, and the Grand Parson's Guitar Pool is a is a horse of a different color. It's the one festival that we don't go out actively looking for new entertainers. We are of the mindset with this that everybody who has been with us, some from the very beginning, still to this day, mm-hmm. some who came on board a little later on, but the veteran performers, the the uh, the backbone of the festival, the non-headliner acts mm-hmm. – uh, they they have been grandfathered in to this yeah. festival. And we give them first and foremost choice. Now sometimes some of them, like this past weekend, some Donna Frost, who is who is one of our annual performers from Nashville, she mm-hmm. got in a, a car wreck and uh, uh, was un, uh, she didn't have a, a rental car available to her uh, when she needed it. So. Mm-hmm. She had to give up her spot, but we had somebody local take it over, the Dylan and Ryan Crosby and Ashton Heron called the uh the Crosby Gospel Experience. <laughs> and they did uh songs ranging from Buck Owens, uh mm-hmm. Heart, Don't Let Us Know. The one that you did on the uh Yeah the Virtual Festival. Yeah. And
1: uh I uh, sent this to Justin. Is that why you pulled it up?
2: This is a little snippet of, yeah, this is, this is of cool. Ian set. Uh, Paul Campbell uh, videoed, this. videoed by our good friend from Mobile, Alabama, Paul Campbell and Lorraine Flanders. There's your volume on the For wishes, an original one by Sean and Ian.
3: <laughs>
2: I and backed by the pine box dwellers.
0: Like two straight dogs on the side of the road sniffing around. That's three days old We called the helpline But they put us on hold, hold, hold. they point the fingers to blame They won't give us no quarter Can't wash
3: off the shame In cold, muddy
1: water That's Jody singing into the harmonica mic with the delay on it. I've been loved. He was doing the Oh, and them on the board. I think they were doing it too, but...
0: Called when we played, was it? No. It's
1: good.
0: Have it look back and see that we did a pretty good show and kept those folks entertained for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Now uh, I'm hoping now um, tomorrow we're going to be filming. I've, I've one of the things during the COVID lockdown period that I enjoyed. One of the highlights almost was finishing up uh, a lot of music videos for uh, for the songs on this CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, uh, an excellent winter project, you know, mm-hmm. for rainy days, cold days, dark nights, all mm-hmm. of that. And um, I, I over the last couple of days, I was shooting some footage out in Gainesville, near to Gainesville, up High Springs, in fact. I went past one Mm -hmm. of your venues up there the other day.
1: Yeah, High Springs Brewing Company. Yeah,
0: we were up just above High Springs um, on a a beautiful crystal clear river up there called the Santa Fe River, and it's the up. Upper reaches of the Suwannee eventually goes into the Suwannee River. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I was out uh, with the video camera there filming uh, because I've got one song actually that, that Sean and I wrote uh, about called "Suwannee River Reptiles," and um, <laughs> and and so it's all about imagery of like being on. That river and the, uh, the, fe- the overall feeling that I got of absolute silence and peace. And it was like the idea is like my whole screwed up emotional turbulent brain got slowed down like the cold blooded reptiles Ooh. on the river where their heartbeat goes down and they get quieter and quieter and quieter. Okay, that isn't the best formula for becoming a billionaire.
3: (laughs) We know that.
0: But it's also very, very, it's something you can't put a price on of being quiet and relaxed. It's heaven. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was out there filming um, for that to knit together a video, and we're hoping tomorrow that we're going to shoot some more footage uh, for a video for that Fishing for Wishes song of two stray dogs on the side of the road sniffing at a carcass that's three days old. I don't know who they're going to get to do that part.
2: I'm, I'm sure you could probably run up on that scene yeah. pretty easily in South Georgia,
0: and that will be great if we we're planning on doing that tomorrow. <clears throat>
2: cool, um, Connor, yeah, Sean and me. Well, you're uh, too old. Yeah, I'm. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be sleeping again. So we got.
0: I you know. Uh, I have had. You know, quite a lot of interest in the videos that I've made. You know, on the, of course they're all without a record deal, without a budget. It's all done on a shoestring. Uh, you know, on a cheap little camera and stuff, and then
1: but stitched great. together. Huh? The art and everything that comes through it is yeah, amazing. you know.
0: But it's a, that's a challenge. But I've had um, a great response and people who the the you know hundreds of people who have who have seen them ha- have been um have enjoyed them very much and send me messages and oh Ian please do more videos well I am I'm going to do some more videos while I still can and while we've got the the media and and the music to work with
2: they are very entertaining, and they're kind of like a lo-fi type yeah. deal, you know. Uh, but they still come across with the sense of humor and everything. Yeah, I enjoy. Them. So back home, you've got uh, daughters and grandchildren.
0: Yes, I I certainly do. Um, and uh, yep.
2: they play. Uh, your your grandson plays football. Yeah. The real football. <laughs>
0: yeah, soccer football. Yeah. yeah. He's, my grandson is, um, uh, in fact, I had a message. My grandson's 11. Um, I can't recommend it enough uh, to spend time uh, with <coughs> grandchildren. Try to get along with them. Always keep the door open, I'll be their friend. Uh, and, and several years ago, uh, when the, the, the first grandchild came along, <laughs> as they say, uh, uh, was my grandson called Stellan, and, uh, um, and I was telling people, you know, there is nothing so good as getting down on your hands and knees with a dinky toy tractor and a kid going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's one of the answers to life. It is. Forget your troubles, man. Get down on the rug and play cars with kids. Um, and then I have uh, two granddaughters. Uh, you know, you know they're little kids, but my anyway, my grandson is becoming quite a um, player uh, in uh, football, soccer, mm-hmm. and um, I had a message from my daughter uh, over la- uh, last week that um, he was in a, a game against another school or something like that, and was. A selected man of the match. All right. Like All right. MVP, that yeah. sort of means, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, it's, it's, that's fantastic. Um, the kids like singing with me. Mm-hmm. If I bring the guitar and go over with them, um, and um, one of the songs that uh, I sing a lot of rock and roll. They like that, uh, um, you know, anything like uh, you know, blue suede shoes and, yeah. and that type of thing. But there's another oldie, and I, you know, do you remember that one, Would You Like to Swing on a Star?
2: Uh, it's from the 30s or so, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a great song, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the kids would, Would You Like to Swing on a Star. Mm-hmm. Carry moonbeams home in a jar mm-hmm. and be better off than you are, or would you rather be a pig? <laughs> well, a pig is an animal with dirt on its face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, it's just—it's no, great. It's great teaching them a few lyrics and singing them, uh-huh. singing along with them. Yeah, it's—it's it, been good. None of them have really have really clicked yeah. uh, with picking up an instrument and Ooh. playing, and and I think in my experience, what it takes. I mean, there are like amazing musicians, you know, too many of them, and they're really good, Ooh. you yeah. know, and they're sort of a pain in the butt. There's so many of them, right? But. You know, and what's it, Mozart, what was he doing at the age of seven? You know, he had already written all sorts of things, and his parents were taking him around like they do with those beauty pageant little kids, you know, mm-hmm. taking him all over Europe, doing concerts and everything like that. But I found it's like the, when we were talking earlier, my bullwhip rock experience with a friend. It's usually, it happens... When you get a group of your peers along and you play together, that's how you get interested in music. In well, that was in my case, and many others, in, like in me. others yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's the same with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, me too. Yeah. It's like you get together with your young friends and you start, you know, taking those first few steps in music, and suddenly,
2: hey. We're a band. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. uh, That, you know, forming a band and having grandchildren. And I uh, can relate to you about both of those (laughs) things (laughs) because I'm of age. And uh, uh I knocked them down again. They're under the bass guitar now. (laughs) Okay. And uh, this it's, just goes to
0: prove my stage. That uh, was a
2: good bargain. Dollar Tree. A great selection. Dollar
3: Tree,
2: $1. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, one of my tales of the week uh, by Uncle Dave Griffin. And uh, this one is titled On Being a Grandparent. A quote from Sylvia Earle, oceanographer. She says, There's no greater music than the sound of my grandchildren laughing. When the news hits, the first thing you start doing is thinking about what name you want them to call you. Hmm. I certainly didn't want to be called granddaddy or grandpa, least of all gramps. I'm a child of the 60s. It's got to be something cool. How about Jeepa, it's slightly similar to one of my musical favorites, Graham Parsons, GP with an A on the end, and it's got a hip modern ring to it with the hyphenation like J-Lo or Ice-T or P. Diddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grabbing at straws now. What happens is when those little angels snuggle in your arms and melt your heart for the first time, everything about you goes right out the window. They can call you anything they please, and you will become that. If you're blessed enough to be a grandparent, you know what I'm talking about. I have four beautiful grandchildren, two of whom are little girls. I never knew how much love an old heart could hold. It's not that I love them any more than I did their mama or daddy. It's just that now I have more time, less responsibility, and an outlook that has been tried, tempered, and tamed through years of living. Whether I'm sharing half-nibbled-on carrots with little Millie, clone of my daughter, or watching Amazed as Wyatt flies around dexterously on a pixelated game screen playing Minecraft, or talking with Michael about his new middle school flame, or letting my imagination run wild with Hannah, a little master bundle of dimples, voices, and characters. Now is my time and place in life. Being around them brings back memories of my grandparents, stories my Grandma Carter would tell us as we lay in the cool darkness of the farmhouse bedroom. Like Peasy and Beansy, the tale of two young girls, one who was kind and benevolent, the other mean and malevolent. A tale designed to impress upon me how to be and how not to be. Or the one about the caddymount, South Georgia for mountain lion, that terrorized the Strickland farmhouse one night when Grandma's older brother was just a baby. Says she, he was big. He ran circles round and round that house. Then he'd stop, stand on his hind legs, Let out a scream and scratch at the windows. Ain't no going to sleep after that one, Grandma. (laughs) I used to go fishing with Daddy and his daddy, Granddaddy Rab, early in the morning on a cypress stump lake in Stark, Florida. They did most of the fishing while I sat in the boat, letting red wigglers wriggle around on my bare knees. Granddaddy's wife, Ider, was quick with a hug and a smile. I still remember the sights and smells of their house in Stark. The knickknacks, biscuit dough, Pepsi Colas, and stale cigarette smoke. I wish I could go back again. Having children, having grandchildren, reminds me also of the roles my parents played in the lives of my young children. The pure delight on both of their faces while my son, Connor, sat on Daddy's knee as he sang Shoe Fly and Animal Fair. The countless hours of doting attention Mama gave my daughter, Megan, as she introduced her to art, dressing up, and South Georgia cooking. Being a grandparent is the closest thing to magic that I've found. Much like sprinkles of fairy dust on a child's eyes and ears, With kisses, hugs, and smiles, we smother them. With stories and traditions, we raise them. With undying love, we cherish them. I know because I remember. Now it's my turn. (laughs) Yeah. But that's kind of it. It's magical. It's magical. And if if you're fortunate enough to uh, get there, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I like what you said. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, There ain't no more pleasure than getting down in the dirt with a dinky tractor and going, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and and just to uh, do it. You got to do it, though. You know, I feel like I fall short of that sometimes. My grand two of my grandchildren are over in Patterson and I don't see them enough as I should. And, uh, cause I'm always on the go on the weekends playing music and, uh, but they just, uh, if you leave them alone, they just grow up quickly, quickly. And, and, uh, the magic, uh, the magic is there, but you got to, you got to be there too.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, we sure enjoyed this episode. It was
0: great to be with yes you guys sir. again. You know, and <laughs> with no constraints. Yeah, All right. Um, and we probably wandered on to some bit of thin ice, maybe over the last hour and a bit. But
2: well, if,
0: I you, think if that, it, it, you know, we, if that is. Uh, sealed off and you can't go there that's a shame you have to exactly. go on thin ice once in a while
2: our uh, audience tend to be very supportive and uh, they'll probably watch this while they're watching it going <laughs> 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 can't overuse that enough it's a good sound it makes you feel kind of good too yeah. when you do it but uh, we appreciate y'all. As always, and hope you'll uh, uh, stop by again. We do this twice a month on YouTube and uh, Caution Light Studios, Caution Light Media on YouTube, and, and available on all other podcast platforms. And check us out on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon only costs $5, and you get a uh, monthly episode there called The Deep End. It goes a little. A little more playful, a little more evocative, and uh, uh, it's only five dollars. <laughs> you can see us cuss on that one <laughs> if you'd like, and uh, there's some certainly some uh, some nice uh, swag pri- prizes and stuff available to you on that one as well. So we thank you once again from Ian Dunlop, from Sean Clark, and Uncle Dave Griffin. See you next Bye. time. Playing a cold blast.
4: ¡Más!